0: It's Friday, February 23rd. Today's WBFO Brief was reported at around 8.30 in the morning. This is WBFO News. Steps are being taken to allow for the sale of the 15-acre campus of, of former home of Madai University with plans to make the property home to a charter school. The Buffalo News reports the university is working through court proceedings seeking to formally dissolve a step that would allow for the land sale. A charter school development company would then purchase the campus and reportedly lease it to the Buffalo Academy of Science Charter School. Local lawmakers are attempting to use their clout to claw back proposed funding cuts as state budget negotiations continue in Albany. This morning, Assemblymember John Rivera will join Buffalo Councilmember Mitch Nowakowski to call on Governor Kathy Hochul to fully restore funding to the New York State Council on the Arts. The governor's executive spending proposal calls for a $50 million budget line for the Council on the Arts, a reduction of almost 50% from last year. On Thursday, Batavia-based Assemblymember Steve Hawley held a press conference to highlight a proposed $60 million budget cut for local roads, bridges, and culverts, Holly says the so-called CHIPS funding should be increased $160 million to nearly $700 million. And two Niagara County residents face charges of endangering the welfare of a child after authorities found quote-unquote deplorable conditions at home in the town of Wilson. The Niagara County Sheriff's Office reports deputies found the property littered with trash, animal feces, and deceased animals. Similar conditions were found inside the home. Tawaga police say no criminal charges will be filed in connection with the death of a woman whose body was found on the Kensington Expressway. Police say the unidentified 21-year-old female, who was pronounced dead on the scene on the evening of February 8th, was a backseat passenger in an Uber when she climbed out of the rear window of the vehicle. She fell to the roadway and was subsequently struck by another vehicle. Investigators say the review is entering its final stages. Nursing home and hospital workers across the state are rallying for increases to Medicaid reimbursement. At a speak-out at the Weinberg campus in Gatsville Thursday, 14-year employee Lucerne Tony Banks says the nursing home has done everything they can do to improve staffing shortages.
1: Now
2: we need the state to support health care. We need leaders to invest in health care. So nursing homes like ours continue to provide the care that our residents Deserves.
0: According to the Workers' Union, 1199 SEIU, New York's Medicaid program reimburses doctors and providers 30% less than the actual cost of care. And a veteran state representative for the Southern Tier will be leaving the Assembly. Andrew Goodell announced that he will leave office at the end of 2024. His fellow Chautauqua County Republican, State Senator George Borello. Called Goodell, quote, a tireless champion. The for WBFO our
1: Brief Podcast is made possible by Canisius University. Join Canisius on Saturday, March 2nd for a Discovery Day event to learn how your high school student can prepare for college now. Register today at canisius.edu/slash visit. Western New Yorkers
0: caring for aging loved ones feel stressed by the task and shortchanged by the state. That's according to the American Association of Retired Persons. The AARP survey of 1,345 registered voters ages 40 above found that 74 percent say the responsibility is causing emotional stress. Eighty-one percent believe the state doesn't do enough or they're not sure the state does enough to help them. Three-fourths of the group surveyed said they want more access to health care supports the state does offer. The responses came from persons residing in Allegheny, Cattaraugus, Chautauqua, Erie, and niagara counties u.s and canadian law enforcement agencies have discovered a firearm smuggling pipeline As correspondent dan karpachuk reports from toronto it's led to the largest gun bust in the history of ontario
1: The joint investigation by Homeland Security's Buffalo office and the Ontario Provincial Police resulted in the bust of handguns and assault-style rifles. Police say 274 illegal firearms were seized, 168 of them by investigators in the U.S. and 106 by law enforcement in Ontario. Police say the investigation began last fall and was aimed at disrupting a transnational criminal organization operating between the two countries. Thomas Kareek is the Commissioner of the Ontario Provincial Police.
0: This seizure reinforces the benefits of law enforcement agencies working seamlessly and collaboratively regardless of jurisdiction to identify and apprehend those responsible for crimes that threaten
1: our safety, our security and our quality of life. Police say the criminal network was trying to set up a firearm smuggling pipeline from Florida to Ontario using ports of entry in Buffalo. They say the investigation involved several undercover operations and led to the arrest of a dual U.S.-Canadian citizen. The Ontario operation was aimed at a group trying to traffic firearms in the Toronto area. Sixteen suspects have been arrested. One remains at large. Nearly 280 charges have been filed. Police say most of the guns seized in Ontario came from the U.S., For WBFO News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk in Toronto.
3: Lawmakers have left themselves a short window to approve new congressional district lines for the 2024 elections. Under current law, petitioning for primaries is due to begin on Tuesday, February 27th, and the boundaries of the state's 26 congressional districts need to be in place by then. Democrats who lead the Senate and Assembly have two choices. One, they could simply adopt a new set of maps that the state's bipartisan redistricting commission approved in a 9-to-1 vote on February 15th. Redistricting expert Jeffrey Weiss, who heads the New York Census and Redistricting Institute at New York Law School, says under the state's constitution, the legislature has to put the commission's maps on the floor for a vote.
1: The legislature is required to vote on The map without any amendments and in order to approve the map, uh, both the Assembly and the Senate each have to have uh, two thirds of the members voting in the affirmative.
3: Though Democrats hold super majorities in each house, there are indications that a handful of Democrats might not vote for the maps and they could be rejected. The maps approved by the commission leave largely intact the lines drawn by a court-appointed special master in 2022. There's some minor changes that could disadvantage one GOP incumbent, Brandon Williams, from the Syracuse area, and help another Republican House member, Mark Molinaro. He represents portions of the Hudson Valley and Southern Tier. Some Democrats say the maps drawn by the special master helped Republicans flip four congressional seats from Democratic to Republican in 2022, and they say that contributed to the GOP's current control of the House. This time, state Republican Party leaders are urging the legislature to adopt the commission's maps, while Democratic Party leaders are expressing doubts. Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins, speaking just before the maps were released, said legislators intended to think carefully before making a decision.
2: We will take a look at it. Uh, I think the reality is you've got to give us some time to be in the public sphere.
3: If the legislature rejects the commission maps, option two is to come up with yet another set of maps maps. They could go back to the drawing board literally and configure new lines for all the districts, or they could dust off a previous proposal that they offered to the special master in 2022 as an alternative. The special master rejected those maps, though. But option two would likely spark another court battle. In 2022, Republicans sued over the maps drawn by Democratic lawmakers. The state's highest court ultimately rejected the Democrats' maps, saying that they were gerrymandered. But this time, Weiss says, the court has a new chief judge, Rowan Wilson. Wilson was an associate judge on the court in 2022. He wrote the dissenting opinion in the decision that overturned the Democrats' maps.
1: We have a different chief judge in the driver's seat now.
3: Weiss says Democrats may decide it's worth the risk.
1: It's a gamble, but if they could draw a map that comports with all other state requirements, you know, the criteria compactness, population deviation, uh, minority voting rights, and get by a uh, court review. It's entirely possible and favor a few more Democrats than the current map does.
3: Lawmakers late in the week were still deliberating in private meetings. If they are unable to meet the February 27th deadline, they could change the rules and postpone the start of petitioning, reduce the number of signatures required for the primary ballot, or put off the primary until later in the summer. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt for the New York Public News Network. For Theatre
2: Talk on WBFO, I'm Anthony Chase. And I'm Peter Hall. And I agree with you about London Calling at American Repertory Theatre of Western New York so good. Inspired by the music of The Clash, they tell a little World War II London during the Blitz story, or a series of them, a group of writers each taking a segment before the final writer wraps it all up, and it was really engaging. I enjoyed it a lot. A few anachronisms that jolted me, and one little encyclopedia entry in the final scene that was unnecessary that they could cut, but I think that they put it together rather fast, which is all the more impressive.
4: One little point, I'm not always in favor of Buffalo actors taking on foreign accents. If everyone in the play is French, we don't need it. Just let us know. They're all French. Fine. But in this particular case, Brooke Gergen had to be very Irish. She was an Irish bar owner. And... Andrew Zucari had to be very British. He was a British officer. And I was so impressed by Zucari. I told him afterwards, you kept your accent consistent, which is hard to do when you're up against a similar but conflicting accent. I thought they did really, really well with that.
2: Well, they did do well. She, of course, is currently seeing a a Dubliner. So she (laughs) had some private coaching. (laughs) That's how that was done. But there was one fabulous turnaround. And And I think it's Bhattacharya who wrote that sequence very, very good, and that that reversal is just delicious. Won't tell anyone what it is encouraging you to go see the show. It is not a jukebox musical about The Clash. It is inspired by the music of The Clash and is set in the London tubes during the Blitz. I'll say no more.
4: It is called London Calling. At American Repertory Theatre, just go right upstairs at 545 Elmwood.
2: And then I got over to the folks at home. A new-ish play by R. Eric Thomas, which is inspired by 1970s Norman Lear sitcoms. A lot going on in there. You saw it too, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, Want me to take a stab at the plot? Sure. Okay. We begin with a mixed-race gay couple, and they're having financial difficulty and are worried about making the mortgage payment on their house. And oh, by the way, drop this into the conversation, the house might be haunted. Okay. Okay. Good. Then the parents of one of the husbands has run into financial difficulties of their own and they ask to move in. Then the mother of the other husband just moves in then there is a madcap maid character who i just never quite understood what she was doing there but she was just a hoot and there was then a finally a pregnant sister a sister of one of the husbands comes by to offer advice though she's quite madcap herself her own quirky brand of wisdom and then they just don't sell the house or they keep not selling the house and is there more plot than that, or have I just about covered it?
4: Uh, no, that that's pretty much it. There's a lot of coming and going and many doors and stairwells so that people can move in and out of the house uh, to make their little scene. And
2: unlikely misunderstandings,
4: which are just a hoot. <laughs> There's something about the way you keep saying just a hoot, Mr. Chase, makes me think it might not have been quite a hoot. What did I say? I thought it was just me, but I, I went out the second night and there might have been only five to ten of us. The weather was terrible. And uh you know what it's like with a small audience that isn't laughing. And uh pretty soon you start to wonder what's what's going on. And I'm, I can be an audience of one, but I do know that we
2: do not feel free to laugh heartily if we do not have the anonymity of a large group.
4: Uh, Yeah, I will give some shout-outs to uh, the three folks who play The Parents. (laughs) Josie DiVincenzo, Roderick Garr, and Shantina Moore. There's nothing like experience, and those three brought it. They were enjoyable.
2: Yes, I can quibble about its structure, and I can quibble about everything but the kitchen sink. It is sprawling, it is long. But in its favor, it does have that wonderful comic dialogue and a very capable cast,
4: Well, that's two. Opening uh, either this week or next, uh, you can look at the listings. We have Beautiful, the Carol King musical out at Musical Fair. Betrayal, a play by Harold Pinter for some serious drama at Irish Classical. The Bowling Play, a play by Buffalo playwright Kelly Copps. We know her as the impresario for second generation. And it's a play I saw workshopped. I'm really looking forward to that. And Fauci Kramer out at the Canterbury Woods facility. So that'll be fun. And also a local playwright, Donna Hoke, teach over in your neck of the woods at Buff State.
2: At Buffalo State. But not for long, closing this weekend. It's being done with our students. Sabrina Kawati directing. Yeah, it is a busy week ahead. For Theatre Talk on WBFO. I'm Peter Hall. And I'm Anthony Chase. Don't
0: forget to like or subscribe so you can help others find this podcast. And if you love it,
3: leave a review too. The WBFO Brief Podcast and the award-winning journalism of WBFO's news team are made possible by our members. Thank you for listening.